Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by sophomore of the St. Thomas women's hockey team, Fiona Clarity. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Fiona, and how's everything going? Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Um, everything's going good, living the dream, playing D1 hockey. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. So you had your recent series against the number one team in the country, Wisconsin. So what would you take away from that um, series, and how are you going to use it? Uh, moving forward uh, for the season, even though the games didn't go your team's way? Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin is our hardest competition, obviously. Um, Getting to compete against the number one team in the nation is so cool when considering, like, the competition we had last year. Um, Not many teams get the chance to play the Badgers, um, but we got that chance last weekend, and, I mean, we brought it our all. Although, like, the scoreboard, we didn't, you know, like you said – Um, didn't go really our way we were always working collectively as a team and like never gave up in both games and um, I mean we knew that Wisconsin wasn't as well when they had to play defense so we kind of just tried to use that in our advantage and just kind of crash them down as much as we could yeah what makes Wisconsin the number one team in the country in your opinion just by playing them like what are some things that they do differently versus other teams you've played this year and compared to the teams you played last season I think the biggest thing is when they got on offense they use that so quickly to their advantage and they just always know where each other are and I mean all the forward shots are unreal so when they get that open shot it's most likely going to go in yeah definitely and How would you evaluate your season so far hockey-wise as the first half of the year is coming to a close, believe it or not? Yeah, I mean, it's coming so quickly. But um, as everyone knows, like, we are the underdogs in Division I women's hockey. um, And we have proved ourselves, like, in the beginning of the season that we do belong in the WCHA. I mean, we've shown this in several games, um, like winning against Bemidji, our first win in Division I hockey. And then that next weekend, being able to win against St. Cloud, um, it's just so awesome. And I'm just super proud of, like, how we've showed up to play in every game. And it didn't matter whether we were playing, like, number one Wisconsin. We would always just give it our 100%. Yeah, definitely. And uh, your team has had really successful weekends. Like you just said, you swept RIT and you also beat St. Cloud State. So just talk about your team's success a little bit more. And how are you using that success um, moving along as the season goes on? Yeah, I mean, sweeping RIT was just a cherry on top to show, like, all of our hard work so far this year. And I think our team success has come mostly because of the tenacity that we're able to bring to every day to practice. Um, Not, like I said, it's not just games that we're bringing, like, all this force and competition. We bring it every single day to practice. And I think that just helps us just keep getting better and better and keep proving everyone, you know, we belong in the WCHA. And, I mean, winning our first game against Bemidji was just surreal. But then, like I said, winning again that next weekend against St. Cloud and then, like, going into a shootout the next game against St. Cloud in that series, it's just like we're just getting credit where credit's due. Absolutely. What's it like playing in the WCHA, like playing that competition each night out? Does he think that helps you um, as the season progresses just because you're playing the best of the best and 
Um, what's been like the best rink you've played in so far um, on the road as well? Unpopular opinion. I really like playing at Ohio State. A lot of people say like, oh, that's the worst rink you're ever going to go to. But like, I just do not agree with that. I thought it was really homey. And maybe I liked it more just because it was our first time like going in a plane and going to a rink. So I probably thought it was cooler than what it really was. But um, that was just like super awesome. And what was that first part? No, I was just asking what's it like playing in the WCHA just because you're going against um, some of the best competition in D1 hockey. And how do you think that's helping your team uh, improve each day? Yeah, I mean, playing number one team in the nation last weekend, it's just kind of crazy because we've never played any of these teams with the best players in the entire nation. And I think we are all just feel so lucky to be able to do this and have this opportunity. And we remind ourselves this like every single day at the rink and we're just like all right we belong here let's show it let's prove it let's work hard at practice now i know your team hasn't played at laban yet but that's what everyone has told me that that's the best um, rink in wch if you've been there before but that's what i've been told i've never been there before myself yeah i've heard that too i've never been there but i'm excited to do that later on in the season yeah it should be fun now, what's been the biggest adjustment you've had to make this year playing D1 hockey compared to last year? Mm, I think the biggest adjustment is, like, the mindset you have to have on game days. Um, when switching from this Division three to Division one, you kind of have to just change your mindset going into each game. At the D1 level, like, you don't just get to think, oh, I'm going to go out there and dangle, snipe, and selly like you could in high school and, like, D3. Um, you have to know, like, when you need to put pucks deep, you have to win every single battle and you just have to know like when it's the right time to carry the puck. But like last year, D3, I'd just be like, oh, whatever. It's just a game. Like it doesn't matter. But now we're like, oh, we're playing top teams like in the nation. We actually like have to dial in the entire day, not just two hours before the game. And you also have a new coaching staff this year as well. What's it been like playing under them this year? And has that been an adjustment at all? Um, they made it like the easiest adjustment ever. And like, I actually have never felt so lucky with the coaching staff. Um, like they just know exactly what to say to us. And especially making this huge jump to the best conference in division one, they just like have handled adversity so well. And like, I've never been so open to coaches till this year. And that's because they've showed like, the respect and everything that you could ever think of. And like, I don't know, I just feel like I can open up to them, not just about hockey, but about struggles in my studies and life in general. And I mean, having my head coach be Joel Johnson, like the Olympic coach, it's just so awesome. And how have you handled um, playing under Joel Johnson? Because he's obviously out coaching Team USA. Is it hard as a player, like not having your head coach there every day? I think it would have been harder if the next coach is Bethany Brosson and if she just wasn't such a good coach, like, yeah, I think it would have been tough, but because we have such strong other coaches too, it's made it quite easy, but obviously we all miss Joel, but Bethany's done a really good job as like the head coach as well. And does coach Johnson ever communicate to you guys um, when he's out with team USA or is he kind of just focus on that and, um, coach Bethany is the coach you have to 
uh, answer, ask questions to. No, Joel is like, he is always making sure that like, if we need anything, anything and everything, he will always be there for us. He might not be there in person, but literally he's always a phone call away. And like all the coaching staff, even when he's not there, they always just tell us like what he says about the games. Like he's always watching them, just not always in person. And we always just get feedback from all of them. Now I want to transition a little bit and talk about your offseason preparing for your first year um, in D1 college hockey. So um, how was your offseason overall? And did you do anything interesting, whether it was hockey related or non-hockey related? Yeah, so I mean, my offseason definitely consisted of a lot of hockey, knowing about this huge transition. And so I trained at a new facility. It's called Fortis Academy. Um, and that was very time consuming, but I mean, I loved every second of it. Um, it was five times a week, both off and on the ice. And it was the best summer hockey experience I have ever had. And I just never missed even the optional training in that you, it, you could just see it once I jumped back in for getting ready for the season, like after the summer, there was just a huge difference in my game. And yeah, I mean, we were training with men and women um, this summer. So I just thought it got me very ready for this competition that I'm going against right now. Yeah. And overall, how was training going and how is training going right now? Like, what are you working on? What'd you work on in the off season? What are you working on now? Is it the same thing or is there little differences? Um, off season was more like gaining strength, strength. And now it's kind of just like retaining that muscle that I grew in the summer and like um, we lift two to three times a week as a team, just depending whether we have a weekend series or not, because we've been having a lot of off weekends. So when we don't play, we have to lift three times a week. And then if not, we'd lift two times a week. And yeah, just like maintaining that strength is just super important because the strength that our components have, like our, our opponents have, um, it's just insane. So we just have to keep up like that. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing that a lot of players in WCHA have told me is just how physical the conference is. Is that something you've noticed just how physical it is, just the board battles and just uh, the other physical play that happens. And was, has that been an adjustment for yourself playing in a more physical kind of style of play than you're used to? Yeah, it was a big difference. Um, especially in WCHA, the refs kind of like, let you play a little more and let you, you know, bring a little shove to the game. Whereas like when we played RIT, if we did like any of the shoving we'd normally do against Wisconsin or anyone in the WCHA, we got penalized for it right away. So I guess like just being in the WCHA, we have learned to be a lot more aggressive. And do you like playing in a physical like style of play? Like, do you like having, having the opportunity, like, one thing that I've noticed between the men's game and the women's game is obviously the checking, but there's also kind of less scrums after the whistle as well because of that. So do you like playing in a more physical game or were there some scrums that happen after the whistle and you're playing in a, you're playing more of the body than you would in like a non-conference game, like you mentioned against RIT? Yeah, I definitely like doing more like body stuff just because of my size. It gives me even more like an It's more of an attribute when I can actually use my size so, I mean, I really enjoy it, but I bet, like, the smaller girls probably don't like it. Mm -hmm. But I, I like it. 
Now, do you think hitting or body checking should be allowed in women's hockey? I kind of don't understand. Why is it not allowed? Yeah, that's a good question. I am not sure why it's not allowed, but I honestly think that we can handle it if the men can. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I feel like it should be allowed, but yeah. Yeah, you're going against other women's hockey players, so I don't see why they wouldn't allow it. That's why I'm very confused, like, why they don't allow it. I understand there's some argument against it, but I don't know. I feel like it would make one. I think the big reason why I think it should be allowed is, like you mentioned, it might get a referee that's super loose on what's a body check and what's not a body check, and then you might get a ref that's super strict on what's a body check and what's not a body check. And depending on which referee you have, that can have a huge impact on how the game is played. And I don't think that should be, in my opinion, I feel like it doesn't matter what referee is refereeing the game. uh, The game should be kind of called the same. And I feel like adding body check would make the refereeing in the game a little more even, in my opinion. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, no matter if it's men or women, like it's still hockey. It's still the same game. So I think the rules and the type of refing you get should be the same no matter what your gender is. Exactly. Have you had any big checks so far this um, this season in college hockey? Or have you been checked before so far this year? I don't know. <laughs> No, I haven't checked because I do not want to be in that penalty box because oh, yeah. then I, you know, like if you get scored on and you're in the penalty box, I mean, it's kind of all on you. So mm-hmm. no, I haven't been, and I have not been checked either. So I guess it's fair. Yeah, that's good. That's good. No, like, uh, but you haven't like, you've, have you been like more aggressive, I guess, since it is a more physical conference and you you said like you try to use like um, your playing style to your advantage since you're more um, since you said you're a much uh, bigger player compared to some of the smaller players on the team. Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, I'd be checking, like, illegally. I'd make sure, you know, it's a legal hit. But, yeah, yeah. no, I definitely still use my body to my advantage, um, but just more being more smart about it. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, it's definitely crazy to think about how different, like, how different mindsets you have to have playing without checking versus um, with checking and just how it can change the style of game. It's pretty interesting for, as a hockey fan to see um, just the differences of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. When you watch men's hockey, you, they don't even look at the puck or try to stick handle. They're just going straight for that hit where mm-hmm. we can't bring that mindset to the games. We can't play it like that. Yeah. Or sometimes in men's hockey, like sometimes you have to take a check to create a play where in mm-hmm. men's hockey you have to use your skill to kind of make that play. So I think that exactly. there's some like benefit, I think, to not having checking, but I feel like some of the negative parts of it outweighs the positives. So that's just my personal opinion, but I know there's a few people out there that would disagree with me on that. No, I agree. There's definitely a lot of pros and cons to that one. Now, what is one area of your game you're hoping to improve on the most um, playing D1 hockey this year? Hmm, regarding my personal game, I'd probably say the biggest thing I'm working on is like my first three steps just as a forward when playing like these top teams in the nation they are on you at all times, 24-7. So I just want to get a quicker start when I'm going against all these top defensemen in the nation. Like, I just want to get those three explosive steps in. And when you're preparing for those um, improvements, like, how are you trying to go about improving that part of your game, uh, having the three quicker steps? Like, what are some drills you work on? Um, so I work on, like, mini drills and using just a little bit of like a quarter of the ice or whatever just smaller chunks of the ice and then like going around cones and like just trying to move my feet as quick as I can but the drill is only really like five seconds because 
those first three steps are the most important and less like working on shooting in the drill. I'm just working on my quick feet. So it only takes like five minutes to work on it, but just like five minutes every day of just like working on those first three quick steps will just go a really long way. Now, obviously in trying to improve that part of your game training this off season, did you face any challenges this off season? Um, because I know the previous off season and before this one, um, there was a lot of challenges that players faced. Um, gyms were closed. Ice time was hard to find. Did you face similar challenges this past off season, or were, was it kind of more of a normal off season? I feel like it was a lot more normal just because the academy I was in, Fortis Academy, it was all open. So I was able to like skate five, six times a week, and I lifted six to seven times a week. So honestly, it I didn't face many challenges like with having opportunities to get on the ice and to keep training. Like it was easy for me. And uh, did your approach change at all, knowing that it'll be more of a normal off season compared to last year, where you were kind of uncertain about how you were going to go about things? Um, no, I mean, I always try to have just the mindset of getting better and even like during the like the real pandemic where gyms were indeed closed and I wasn't able to do the training I did last summer, I still made sure that I was still training to get better no matter whether I was going into a D1 season or a D3 season. I was always making sure that I was doing the stuff I needed to do to be prepared for the next season. Now, Talk about some of the new players on your team because checking out your roster, there's a lot of new faces on this year's team. Um, have you gotten to try to know your new teammates and um, just talk about the contributions they've made to the team this year? Yeah, this year we have a crazy amount of freshmen, um, a total of nine. So that's wow. almost half the team. Um, and they all came in with so much talent and all different talents too, which was pretty unique. Um and it was super cool having two of them for, from Switzerland and then one from Sweden. That would never happen if we were still in the Mayak because we just get local people. But now that we're Division One playing WCHA, there's people all over the world now trying to come to us, which is just so cool. Um, I mean, all nine of them are amazing, and I've been able to get super, super close with all of them just because, like, our team's really good at making sure we're not all together only at the rink. We hang out, you know, we do some bonfires and all that stuff outside of hockey. So that's made it really easy for me to bond with all of these freshmen. And so now like they're more like family now instead of stranger freshmen coming in. Like I'm just super close with all of them. Yeah. And you also have some transfers coming in as well from different schools. How have you been like, um, how have you, what's it been like to play with them and try to get that D1 experience uh, from them since they have it compared to some of the other players on the team? Yeah, it was super cool to have transfers just because we never got that before this year. Um, so, like, we would just have random questions about, like, how to train for practice and stuff or, I don't know, just the most random things. But we would always just go to our transfers and they'd be like, oh, you just do this or this or whatever. So it was kind of cool to get that aspect of, like, someone who has already experienced four years of all of, like the college experience already in the division one world. So it was just like a good aspect to have. And have you tried to help the freshmen just because like having a lot of freshmen means the team is somewhat inexperienced. 
So have you tried to help their transition into college hockey and try to help them get that experience so that won't be an issue um, as the season progresses? Mm-hmm, yeah, my biggest thing is like making everyone feel at home. I'd probably say I'm like the loudest one in the locker room every time. And that's just because I want to make sure that, you know, all these new people are like feeling at home and having fun. So like I'd always just, you know, be sarcastic with them and chirp them a little just to make them feel a little more at home and that they're a part of the family too. So yeah, I just like to make sure that they're all having a good time instead of feeling like, oh, stranger danger. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the players from Europe, just because they're really far away from home. Um, so that's probably tough. Um, I don't know like how you don't get homesick a little bit from that, just because I know if I were playing college hockey in Europe, I would feel that way. Yeah, no, it's definitely hard. And I know sometimes, you know, they say they miss home and then I feel super bad. So like, you know, I just always am on the radar to see if they're having maybe an off day. You know, they can't go drive 20 minutes home like I can to talk to my parents. And like a phone call is just so different than seeing them in person. So I just make them know that like, I'm always here if you need to talk to me. Like, I'm not your parents, but like, I'm always available if you need someone to talk to. Yeah, sometimes it's better to talk to a friend than to a parent. I don't know if you feel that way sometimes, but I think that's that's a good thing to have on any hockey team. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And how are the Minnesota natives doing um, freshman-wise? I, I had Marky Oberg on the podcast this past summer. She's super awesome. Um, what's How are they been transitioning to St. Thomas? They've been transitioning really, really well, especially like a D3 to D1 jump. Yeah, that's huge. But high school hockey to D1 jump is just way bigger. And they all, like, were crazy good at this jump. And they all, like, in the games, they were, like, they are all fast enough and everything. So they just, I can just tell they all put in so much work this summer to be ready to play the best teams in the nation. So I want to transition a little bit now from St. Thomas to the beginning of your hockey career. So you're from Woodbury, Minnesota. Uh, Talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? So I actually grew up and played Stillwater Youth Hockey, but um, I live in Woodbury, Minnesota. So at that time for Stillwater, we had the second biggest youth program in the nation. And so the competition was just like absolutely amazing my entire childhood, which helped me get to get to the player I am today. So it's just so important to have that strong competition all growing up because then now in college, it just helps you a tremendous amount. Um, so yeah, like I play, I went to Lake Elmo Elementary School, which is in Stillwater. So I didn't move to Woodbury till um, I started playing high school hockey. Yeah. And did you play boys hockey at all? Because one thing I found interesting is a lot of players from Minnesota don't need to play boys hockey just because there's so many great um, girls programs um, that each town and city has. Yeah, no, I, no, I didn't play any boys hockey. So, and just talk about your youth hockey experience, um, playing in Minnesota, just because um, I feel like that's where a lot of players fall in love with the game of being from that area. Um, Yeah, I mean, just like playing in the state of like hockey, the competitiveness is literally so high in um, no matter what age group you are in. And every game is good competition when like in the state. And it just makes it, a much more fun experience when everyone is there to win 
everyone like shows up with that tenacity and I'm just like super grateful to be able to live in the state of hockey and be able to compete in this atmosphere on basically an everyday occurrence. Now, who was your favorite player growing up? Was it someone on the Minnesota Wild or was it a female player on the national team? It was Blackhawks, Patrick Kane. Nice. He was always a favorite player of mine. Um, his dangles and shot were just unreal in every game I have ever watched him play. And when I was younger, I'd always just like watch him. And then I'm like, okay, now I need to go in the garage, work on my stick handles and shot because I want to be just like him. Yeah. Have you ever pulled one of his moves off um, in a game before? Or are you still working on that? <laughs> I mean, I'll always be working on his moves because that'll take a lifetime to achieve. But, I mean, he's got some serious toe drags, and I have whipped them out a few times during games, which is always fun. Yeah, my favorite move from him is whenever they do a shootout, it's kind of like the serpentine route that he does, but then he, like, slows down right near the goalie and just starts, like, stick handling like crazy and then shoots a top shelf like that's insane i remember first seeing that and it was pretty it kind of it's kind of blew my mind away yeah i can admit i've tried doing that and it just like never goes my way i don't know how he pulls that off like it just doesn't yeah. make sense some of it i feel like is just like talent like i feel like you could work your entire life but you're just never going to get like Connor mcdavid moves it's just like some of it's talent but it, it's pretty cool just to watch like some, some those type of moves just because like I personally could never pull it off you might be able to but I just personally couldn't yeah no I'll, I'll always strive to be able to pull that off but honestly it just comes so naturally for them yeah and they just whip it out out of nowhere I don't know how they do it yeah do you think he's the greatest American player of all time Patrick Kane I mean I definitely say he's very far up there yeah yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some like old school guys that are up there, but I feel like, in my opinion, at least in my lifetime, he definitely is winning three Stanley Cups, winning a silver medal with Team USA, and hopefully they can win gold this year if he's part of the team. And I think once if he wins gold medal this year, like it's definitely solidified that he's the best American player of all time. Yeah, I mean the history that he has done, like it's impressive to say the least. Oh yeah, definitely. Now getting back to your career a little bit, so you're before St. Thomas, you played for Eastridge High School. Um, just what were what was it like to kind of play at that school and talk about that experience as a whole? Yeah, so I was actually able to play for Eastridge for five years. I started my eighth grade year, and they were an awesome five years. The like the culture that was built when I was playing there was just so fun, and the coaches were coaches were always so nice. Um, and like when I was just trying out as a little eighth grader. Um, although even though I wasn't really that little still as an eighth grader, um, I was scared to be lonely, you know, just that loner eighth grader where everyone else is like upperclassmen or at least a ninth grader, but everyone was just so welcoming at Eastridge and brought me in like a family. So that was just, that just made my high school experience so much better. And so when I started getting older and I had a few years down with Eastridge, I made sure to continue that. Um, like when I was an upperclassman for all those new coming youngsters. Yeah. And um, well, how cool was it to be an eighth grader and get to play high school hockey with some of the best um, seniors in the state? That must have been pretty cool for yourself. Oh, yeah. It was so awesome. Um, so my eighth grade year, I actually was on a line with my sister so it was us two on a line and like everyone knew like all oh, the clarity sisters 
So just like going against all these crazy good people and them just knowing about me and my sister like on the line. I don't know. It was just like really, really cool to experience that at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. And how cool was it, I guess, to play with a sibling as well in high school hockey, just because a lot of people don't get to have that experience. And do you guys still talk about that senior year, I guess, today? Yeah, no, it was awesome. So my eighth, ninth, and 10th grade, we were on the same line. And we just always knew where each other were. It was kind of insane. So even when other teams knew about us or whatever, like about us two, they still weren't able to stop us just because like we would just whip stuff out of nowhere and like knew where each other were going to be. And it was kind of like unstoppable. And even to this day, we still like, it still comes up in conversation and she's actually the manager of my team right now for St. Thomas. That's awesome. It's a cool game to see her again, like playing hockey, having that connection. Yeah, no, it is super awesome. Um, I mean, we talk every single day. She's still at the rink, even though she's not on the team. She's still, like, you know, in the team atmosphere, and it's still, like, super fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you get to have that experience with your siblings. That's really cool. Not many players get to say that. So, And I always feel like siblings, they have, like, a connection, like you were talking about, that some players just can't have. Maybe It, it has to be, like, a like a genetics thing or something. I don't know, because, like, I, I, maybe you feel – I don't know if you feel the same way. It's just, like, you can't really explain it. Yeah, no, we could not explain it. We were just, like – like if we whipped off like a sick goal with a sick play, we'd be like sitting on the bench after the goal. Like, how did we just do that? But we were yeah. like, whatever, we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did Eastridge help prepare you for college hockey with uh, St. Thomas? Um, yeah. So we were able to actually go to state my junior year, which was like insane. And that competition, like, yeah, we're in the state of hockey playing the normal games. But once you get to state and you're really playing the best teams like in Minnesota, Edina, whatever, that just got me so ready um, for like where I am right now. You know, playing all these Edina girls where like 90% of the team is committed to these big teams. Just like being able to do this in high school just like really got me ready for now these upcoming years. Yeah, and uh, is that your best memory you have at Eastridge, or is there another memory that we might have not talked about, like off the ice on those those bus trips probably were fun? Like anything that sticks out to you thinking about it now? I mean, definitely my favorite memory at Eastridge was going to state. Yeah. Um, I mean, just because Eastridge was only like 10 years old at that, at that um, time. And so it was just a big milestone for us as a school. Um, and we just got to stay at a hotel for a few days and just like bond and we all felt like family and then just walking to the X casually to play a game like against Edina. Like it was just, it was super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I'm not from Minnesota. I'm from the East Coast. So what's the hockey culture like in Minnesota? Because I feel like here in Massachusetts, we know our hockey culture is super cool, but everyone talks about the Minnesota high school hockey scene. Like it's like, I, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Like here, like you can't really play for your public high school and play um, in D one college. You have to go out to juniors. So I think it's pretty cool in Minnesota that you can play for your public high school. So what's it like? Um, what's that high school hockey scene like in Minnesota? Just what's the hockey culture like in Minnesota overall? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely just a way bigger and better experience when living in Minnesota, the state of hockey rather than Massachusetts, like 
we all have these big schools, Edina, all these high school teams. And so the competitiveness is just super high and every game is good competition when you're in the state of hockey. And it just makes it a super fun experience when everyone is so intense about it and everyone is there to win. And so I'm just grateful to be able to live in Minnesota and be able to compete in this atmosphere where not many people get to, which like helped tremendously for going into college and like the recruitment process. Like it all just comes together just because I live in Minnesota. It just is way easier. Yeah. Well, I love playing hockey in Massachusetts. I think we're, to be honest, I think we're a very underrated hockey place. I think it's just like Minnesota. Just, we don't get, I don't think we get enough credit for it as well, but no, that, that's super cool. And what's it like playing at the XL center as a high school student? What's that atmosphere like? How do you deal with the nerves? Cause playing at NHL rink, it's probably super cool just to go through the locker rooms and stuff. Like I just can't imagine that what that experience was like for you. Yeah, it was super, super cool to be able to get, you know, the back scenes of everything and like these locker rooms that we got to be in for the games were just unreal. They were so crazy nice and just being able to like go wherever we wanted at XL that maybe if you're going to see a wild game, you would never be able to see. But because we were playing a game there, we had access to everything and anything. So it was just super cool to be able to gain that experience that a lot of people would not be able to get. Now, you were the captain of your high school team, so I have to ask, um, what type of leadership did you want to bring um, to your high school team, and how is it compared to your leadership skills now at St. Thomas? So as a captain in high school, I just made sure like the competitiveness was always present, whether it was a practice or a game. But I also like made sure, like this is very important to make sure everyone was having a fun time the entire time. And I like to always just make sure everyone feels included at all times too. Whereas now, um, like, I feel like I still do the same thing, even though, you know, I don't have the captain badge or anything on, I still make sure, you know, everyone's having a good time. And if I see that one of the players might be a little off that day, I will go skate up to them and say like, Hey, like, how are you doing? And so if I just keep doing that, like in the beginning of the season, I was doing that to people maybe I wasn't so close with, but now they'll actually give me a real answer if something actually is wrong, which is super cool to see, even though I'm not a captain, like I'm still making a very big difference with that. Yeah. The mental side of hockey, I think, isn't talked about enough um, amongst players. I think it's a huge part of the game because I think if you're not right mentally, it can really affect your game. Like having confidence, my experience playing hockey when I had confidence, I felt like I just had a better game. I was more aggressive. I shot the puck better. I feel like you probably feel the same way. Like if you're not right mentally, then it can have a huge impact on the game. So it's important to kind of check in on your teammates um, on that aspect of playing. Yeah, no, mental health is definitely like a, can make a huge impact on your game. If you have something going on in your life outside of hockey, it's hard to just wipe that away once you hit the rink, you know, and hit the ice. Like, you can't just wipe that all out. So it's just important to like have that team culture where you feel at home on the ice, which St. Thomas definitely brings for me. So even though like I have problems outside of life, like everyone does at some point in their life, because of my team, like when I hit that ice, I'm like, okay, it's game time. Like this is my family too. Like, let's go do this. 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel like another like mentally for players, but goalies, I feel like that that's a huge mental game, uh, just because like I feel like you have to prepare men- more mentally as a goaltender than it is as a player, just from my experience. No, yeah, I agree with that. I feel like just because you have so much pressure being a goalie because there's only one of you on that ice where like I'm a forward. Well, I have two other forwards with me out there, you know, like if I make a mistake, like whatever, there's two others to have my back too as a forward. But with a goalie, it's really just you. Yeah. So I feel like it's just so much harder mentally. Yeah. Are you, are you checking in on the goalies as a little bit more than the players you've noticed? Um, I guess the Switzerland goalie, just because it's so different for her being yeah. here, like not by her family or anything and being a goalie and just, you know, she doesn't speak, you know, the best English ever. So I bet like in the locker room, she feels a little more left out already. So like, I just make sure to check on her all the time too. That's awesome to hear. Well, I'm glad you're um, bringing in that leadership. I think it's going to really help the culture of St. Thomas built because if you don't have a good hockey team culture, then you're not winning anything. Like that's like a huge step. Like you need to build that culture before you focus on the X's and O's. Exactly. And I think that's one of the biggest attributes St. Thomas has right now. Yeah. Now talk about your recruitment process to St. Thomas. What was that like? Uh, Because at the time it was a D3 school. So what was your recruitment process to St. Thomas and what made you want to go to that school versus other ones you looked at? Um, So yeah, my eighth grade year was the first time talking to any college coaches. It wasn't St. Thomas, but um, which was crazy. Just like, talking about my future at such a young age like at that point I'm still saying I want to be a firefighter like what I'm like 10 years old yeah. um but yeah as the years went on it was just a super fun process to see all these coaches like recognizing my hockey abilities and reaching out to me like at this young age um but St. Thomas was one like when I was committed I knew that we were switching the divisions mm-hmm. but I knew basically I just had like a warm up year um, but I just saw like the team chemistry, like when I'd come to the games and like when I was getting recruited, like I went to a few of the games, you could just see like everyone felt so connected. And plus, like on top of that, it's a private school. So we'd be a private school going division one, which is very rare. And the campus is like the nicest campus I've ever been on, like still right now. I'm walking to class every single day, like seeing how nice our campus is. And it's just so nice to have that. And it just feels like a second place, like a second home for me here. Yeah. When did you find out St. Thomas was going D1 and what was your reaction to that? Because I found out not this summer, but the previous summer. And was that like, did everyone, was that when it was made public or did you kind of know before it was like announced that you guys were going D1? I'm just curious. Um, so I actually knew before it was announced, just like um, only I feel like the recruiters knew about it, though. So no general public would never have known it Yeah. just because, you know, you don't want someone committing to St. Thomas as a Division three school. And then, oh, sophomore year, just casually playing in the WCHA against the top teams in the nation. Mm-hmm. Like you just needed to know what you're getting yourself into. But that's like one of the biggest reasons like why I wanted to go to St. Thomas was because I'd be able to play these top teams in the nation, which not many people can say they've done. So, yeah, no, I definitely knew when I was committing what was going on. 
Now we've got to talk about your freshman year because you only played eight games, but um, what was that season and experience like for you? Yeah, so, I mean, we as a team were successful, even though, like, it was only eight games. Um, I still got a good taste for college hockey. And, I mean, MIAC for Division Three is still the strongest conference, so we're still going against good people. You just can't compare it to Wisconsin. Yeah. But, no, it was fun looking at stats and seeing our players be in the top for points in MIAC and just being able to transfer that to now, like, the WCHA conference. Yeah, and um, next question about the freshman year was, how did you handle playing hockey in a pandemic? Because I know what it was like for D1 schools. It was super challenging because you had an inconsistent schedule. You weren't playing in front of fans, and you also were doing online classes, so that was hard to, it was hard to motivate yourself for classes, but then you kind of have to kind of switch that around practicing. So how did you handle all the challenges of playing hockey in a pandemic, especially for yourself because you were a freshman? So this is like transitioning to college hockey in a year that – no one on your team has ever experienced before. So you had, they couldn't even help you out on some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, first of all, being a freshman in college in general, not playing hockey was still already super hard because we never even got to meet our professors. And normally, you know, in high school, I'd be close with my like teachers. But now these professors don't even know who I am. And like, obviously, college courses are way harder so just being online for all of that, I just was so not used to. But then putting on hockey on putting hockey on top of all this just made it a million times harder. Um, I mean, my teammates obviously like were super welcoming and like they weren't used to it either. Like no one was used to this, but being a freshman on top of it was just even harder. And our schedules were also very inconsistent. And you know, we'd think, oh, tomorrow's game day. Then literally three hours before we were supposed to go to the rink, we like get a text from our coach and be like, oh, someone just tested positive. So now we're shut down for two weeks. And it just kept happening and happening. And as a freshman, we were in these dorms. And so when they found out that we were in quarantine, well, we had to get off campus because we weren't living in houses and we couldn't swipe our card into our dorm room. So we literally had to stay at our houses like I'm living 20 minutes away now from school and it's just like, it just was not ideal at all, but the team helped me get through it and everything. And we still made sure when we had the time on the ice that we still had like a super fun time and we're still living the dream playing college hockey. Yeah. Do you think having that year, like dealing with all the challenges made, made this year so worth it? Cause it's like, Oh, we're finally playing D one, but I also have, I don't, I, I just dealt with like so many quarantines and just dealing with all those challenges. Like you, you like you're probably smiling head to toe um, in warmups against Ohio state, just because like we made it in a way, you know, if you know what I'm trying to say. No. Yeah. I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge battle the entire season last year, but because of that battle that we all got through now we're playing Ohio state. Now we're playing Wisconsin. So all of it was just a hundred percent worth it um yeah no it was it was all worth it yeah no I was I'm, I'm a, I was a freshman last year as well so I totally understand where you're coming from those online classes were brutal the thing I do not miss from last year uh, was those zoom breakout rooms I don't know if you've had to had to experience that but oh my gosh those things were so awkward no one talked to them and you ha I, I'm a communications major so you have to like do group work in some of your classes 
oh my gosh, it was it was brutal. So that's something I do not miss uh, from last year. But I do miss the convenience of you know um, not having to drive everywhere to, and walk everywhere to class. That's like the one thing yeah. I I don't I don't I do miss a little bit, but. Oh man, those Zoom breakout rooms. I'm assuming you've had the same experience. But I was just gonna say, unfortunately, I know exactly how you feel. And one of my classes right now is still online, and we still do those breakout rooms for like 20 minutes, and we all have our cameras on in class. But once it hits that breakout room, we turn our cameras off and put our mute on every single time, and it's so well, awkward. <laughs> well, one time there was a person whose microphone was like broken i don't know if they were lying about it or not but like they were like typing like on the thing and like i had to like talk to them about it it was the most it was like i was having a conversation myself about like a like a classwork it was the most awkward experience ever like it just i don't know i just did not like it at all i hate it yeah but luckily for like I, i still have a few like one more online class but like it's like a lecture so i don't have to worry about zoom breakout rooms but that's something that i hope i never have to deal with again yeah, unfortunately, I'm still dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully next semester, not you don't have to deal with that as much. But we'll see. I feel like I don't know. I feel like we're gonna be doing this, dealing with this kind of kind of lifestyle for a little bit. Like I feel like this is kind of the new normal, what we're living in now, with things like somewhat back to normal, but still having the COVID like experience of like wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I completely agree. This is the new normal. Mm-hmm. But hey, it's better than last year, so that's that's the only thing I will say. I'd much rather have this than 2020. That was brutal. But and I'm yes. happy fans are back in the arena. How's that to play in front of fans? That must be super awesome. Oh my gosh, yes. The most exciting thing is finally having my parents back in the stands. Um, after like so many of my shifts, if I think, oh, that was really good, or maybe, oh gosh, like I messed up so bad, I always look at my parents to see like they always give me, I don't know, like a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a smile or like a shrug, like do better or like a smile, like good job. Like, I don't know. And I didn't get that my freshman year, which was so hard. Like I love looking up at the stands at my parents just to know what their feedback is, but now I'm able to do it again, which is so nice. Yeah. And also has that comfort level knowing that your biggest supporters are watching you play. Um, That I think that definitely helps your game out a lot as well. Yeah, no, my parents, I mean, they've been through it all with me and like all through my childhood, all these hours being put in on the ice, like they're always there to support me and not having that last year was just so strange because I've, I've never had that before. So like, you know, the comfortness isn't present as much, you know, when they're not in the stands, but now that they're there, it just, I don't know. It just feels like, the ice is more my home during the games when they're present. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have like kind of a, I, I feel you on that just because I don't know. My parents were, my, at least my dad was very honest with me about how I played, which I appreciate. He was always my biggest critic. So it was just nice having him there uh, to support me. And he would always be honest with me about how I played. And I, I really appreciate that. So I assume you feel the same way as well. Yeah. My mom is my biggest critic. So if she says I do good, like if I did good, well then I did good. And then my dad is just like, Oh, the happy camper. Like, Oh (laughs) kiddo, you did amazing. Even if I know I didn't do good, he'll always say it. And I just love that. Yeah. You need that balance though. I feel like, I think that it helps. I don't know. My mom was, is, was like your dad, like always positive about everything I did, even though I, when I knew I didn't play well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, it's a good balance. Yeah, definitely. 
So last hockey question before we get in the non-hockey segment is how would you evaluate your college hockey experience so far, looking back on it now and going when you're in the middle of your sophomore year? I mean, obviously freshman year was a little difficult, but playing still like with all these people that, you know, like in high school, your competition, like, yeah, it's still good. Like, of course, me being in the state of hockey, like our competition was still good, but there's still some of those girls that, you know, aren't as good that I can just skate right by. But being able to go against all these girls that, you know, are just as good as me or whatever, it just is so much more of an accomplishment being able to play all these games just because they're all so good as well. And so, I don't know, I just would say my college hockey experience so far has been super, super fun, especially this year, like this first half of the year like playing Wisconsin, playing Ohio State. Like when I was a little kid, I've always dreamt of doing this. And now like I'm doing it. And it's just, it's just so fun to experience all of this. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. So my first question to you is what music uh, are you into? Mm. So normally I'd say for sure rap, but my roommates and my carpool to hockey are huge country fanatics. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to rub off on me. At first, I hated it. But now I would actually probably say the f- my favorite music is country. It just always puts me now in a happy mood. Yeah. Well, I worked for a baseball team this summer, and a lot of the guys are from, like, down south. So that's all they, a lot of the music that they listen to is country. So I got exposed to it as well. And there's not, I, I, there's certain artists I like. I like Thomas Rhett. He's pretty good. And then Connor Smith, there's, the, there's someone introduced me to him. I thought he was pretty good as well. I don't know if you know who he is, but those two were my favorites. Yeah, no, it's, like, one of those music that, like, maybe you don't like at first, but it just, like, rubs off on you, like, yeah. over time. Yeah, I think it's just the positive energy because sometimes in hip hop, like they're talking about like stuff that like I can't relate to and it's like some negative stuff. So um, sometimes maybe it's the positive energy that makes it uh, sound better than it might if I didn't listen to it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, next question is if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Um, I would say Kevin Hart. I just feel like, I don't know, I just like love making jokes and being super sarcastic that's just who I am that's my personality so I feel like going out to lunch with like Kevin Hart would definitely be like the best and most fun time of my life just like when he's in movies or anything no matter what he says I don't know why for what reason I'm always laughing it just doesn't make sense so I just feel like going out to lunch with him would just be a great time and you also kind of understand your sarcasm because I feel like some people, if they don't understand it, it's like kind of like, I don't know. It just, you know what I'm trying to say. It's just like, Oh no, um, yeah. Like if, if I'm sarcastic to people, I don't know. I bet they think like, Oh, like she's rude, but no, it's just like <laughs> yeah. me being myself. I don't even know. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. So that, that would definitely be cool. I think, I think lunch with the community would just be fun in general, just because they'll be telling jokes that, I'll just be dying laughing. There won't be that much eating at this lunch. It'll mostly just be laughs. Literally, yes. Now, favorite TV show? Hmm. I'm not much of like a TV show person, but if I were to throw on something, it would always be Grey's Anatomy. Um, I don't know why, probably because of McDreamy, if you know who Dr. McDreamy is. But um, <laughs> no, I just like throwing Grey's Anatomy on whenever I want. And I 
it's kind of a thing that me and my mom used to do. So I don't know. I just kind of continued it here. Yeah. I don't watch too much TV as well. It's mostly hockey, but um, I think for me, it would be like a comedy show that like you can just kind of turn your brain off to like background noise, like the office Seinfeld, one of those shows where mm-hmm. you can just like put it on the background and they're still pretty funny. So that's, that's mostly what I watch if it's not hockey. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about some of your teammates. Who's the funniest teammate you have at um, St. Thomas? Hmm. I'd probably give this one to Jenna Harding. I feel like she's just like something she says. I just geek so hard for absolutely zero reason. So yeah, I definitely give it to her. Who has the best um, chirps on the team? Best chirps? Yeah. Um. Wow, that's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like kind of no one because like we'd be pissed off. Like for example, Wisconsin, there was a girl that was just getting pissed off on my team the entire time. And then she comes in the locker room. She's like, you know what? Next time I'm going to say this to her. And then like, she gives out like examples of chirps she would do. And they are just like completely horrid, but yeah. just like so funny. But like, I just feel like we're not very good chirpers, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I, I'm kind of the same way. I don't, I don't really talk too much when playing. I'm just focused. So I don't even know if someone would chirped at me ever in my career. I wouldn't, I probably don't remember just because I wasn't paying attention to it. I'd probably just like laugh at their face and be like, why are you chirping me? Like what? Just play the game. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this just from my experience, um, uh, n- none of the star players on the team ever chirped. So it was usually like, it was usually players that like, well, this is for junior hockey. So, but this it was usually players that like maybe might've not as been as good. So they like try to make it up with like making fun of with other the people. Chirps. Yeah. I don't know if you've had that experience or not. Probably not too much in D1 since everyone's good, but like maybe yeah. hockey. High school, yeah, like some of those benders would try to chirp me, and I'm just like, dude, yeah. I don't care what you say. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you on that. Now, who has the best style on the team besides yourself, obviously, but who's second? Besides, besides myself, um, yeah. I'd probably give this to Marky Oberg, mm-hmm. and I would say that because, like, we have very similar styles where, like, I'd wear a jacket and she'd be like, oh, I have that. Or she'd wear something like, oh my God, I literally have that same thing. (laughs) And I mean, good style is always a must. Like look good, feel good, play good. That's my mantra. Mm -hmm. And me and Marky, we understand that mantra. So no matter if it's practice, like we're still rolling up in style. Yeah. Is it hard to point out for pregame just because you guys have the same outfits? Like you don't want to pull up wearing the same stuff. Oh, so we have like on home games, we like dress nice and then we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely, like, dress super nice every single time just because I feel the, the look good, feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, once I have a good outfit, then I start feeling good. Then when I roll up to the rink, then, like, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to play good. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. And I don't know if the St. Thomas social media person is listening to this, but if they are, please post um, like pregame outfits. I think it's awesome seeing other teams do that. It's my favorite. What's one of the best parts about following other college hockey teams on like social media. I love seeing it. So I think it'd be cool to, I don't know, to see that. Yeah. I should tell them because I mean, I don't wear these good outfits not to be seen. Like, come on, like we got to post them. (laughs) Well, for women's hockey, I think this is maybe, I'm not trying to be biased. I think you guys dress much better than the men's hockey players just because for men's hockey, it's just suits. Like it's kind of the same thing. But for mm-hmm. women's hockey players, you kind of have more like freedom to dress up how you how you want, and you have to be a little more creative because 
don't know. I just personally think like women's hockey players dress much better, much better than men's. That's just my, that's coming from me too. No, I agree. Like men's, yeah, they just do like the boring, oh, I'm just going to wear a navy blue suit <laughs> or a black suit and that's about it. Yeah. But me, like we, I can whip out a jumpsuit and a cool yeah. blazer with it, like a hot pink blazer, like something mm-hmm. like that where the guys don't really do. Yeah. What advice would you give a guy's hockey player on how to dress better? Just keep it simple or is it like you have to kind of have stuff to stand out? Hmm. I mean, let's see. I'd say like something to stand out a little. Like I feel like a lot of people do normal ties. So I feel like a bow tie sometimes I'm like, okay, like I like that. I like that. Yeah. And never go black. That's just way too boring. Uh. So I'd say at least Navy blue. Um, And then like I saw a guy on the St. Thomas team wear like a super nice pea coat. I was like, okay, I like the pea coat. If you know what that is, like those pea coats, nice wool ones. I like those a lot. What's your thoughts on like the hat, like the scully cap? I think that kind of looks cool. Like kind of dressing up like early 1920s. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. that's, That's cool. That's how I would do it a little bit. Yeah, no, I like when the style is like more out there and like most people would never wear. So yeah, no, I definitely like that. Yeah, no, totally. Or some nice suspenders or something. Spice yeah. it up. Oh yeah, totally. And good shoes as well. That's another thing. Has to be good shoes. Yeah. Has to be. So no, I totally agree. Well, we're doing some of Emma Larson coming up, so maybe she'll show us some of your pregame style a little bit. Hopefully, that'll be pretty cool to show off to the. <laughs> Wait, you said Emma Larson? Yeah, she's doing ah! she's working with her for something in the future. I'm gonna tease it a little bit on this episode, but people find really. Maybe okay, I- yeah, no, she always loves my outfits. She always comes in the locker room and literally comes straight. Like, she finds me, like, if I'm in the mirror, she literally will walk around. She's like, where are you? Oh, my God, I love your outfit, like, every <laughs> single time. It's so awesome. She wants me to be her personal stylish. Yeah. <laughs> Styler. So, people who enjoyed the BU Women's Hockey Daily Vlog, potentially St. Thomas, that's a little tease uh, for the future. And maybe you'll see Fiona's uh, pregame outfit. So, tune into that um, in the near future. That's all I'm going to say about it. Now, you, you'll know more about it than I would. So, Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, then, so since the holiday season is coming up, I had some holiday-themed questions. First one is, uh, since Thanksgiving's coming up, what's the best uh, Thanksgiving meal? Ooh. I would say definitely cheesy potatoes. That is a def- definite must with um, stuffing yeah. and turkey. Those are like the three staples. Yeah. I like turkey. I'm pretty basic, but something that doesn't get talked about enough. I don't know if anyone else's family does this, but rolls. I'm a big roll guy. Like the Pillsbury ones, they put butter in. Okay, the croissant ones, the croissant Pillsbury rolls. Those are unreal. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Like I'll I'll have like three or four of them on Thanksgiving. Like those those things, I power through those things pretty quickly. I think those do not get talked about enough, in my opinion. And the bad thing is you never get full off of them. So you could literally just have like 20 of them. Just like keep going. Yeah, no, I need to like, I need to like not eat too many of them because I feel like crap afterwards. And I also like, if you eat too many of them, it's just not healthy for you at all. But like, mm-hmm. I will have like five or six like on Thanksgiving. It's not great. Oh, 100%. You got to treat yourself on the holiday. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But you also like don't want to lose yourself too much in the holiday. So that's true. That is very true. So it's a good balance, I think. And then obviously, you know, the holidays are coming up. So what is the best like Christmas gift or holiday gift you've ever received? Oh, hmm. Okay, well, like, I'm really into, like, Lululemon. Mm-hmm. And last year I got, like, this whole matching set. And, like, 
I was just all about it. And if I ever wear it, I always get a lot of compliments on it. Yeah. So yeah, anything from Lulu is always a good one. I got a hockey stick one year. I know that's a basic answer, but that was probably that was pretty safe for me. Yeah. Well, now I don't have to ask for that because we get like eight for free every single year. That's awesome. No need to ask for that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, back in the day, you'd have to because if you break a stick, you're screwed because there's no extras. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, you know that that was probably my best gift. Um, and then next thing is best Christmas song and, or worst and worst Christmas song. If you want me to go first to help you think about it, I can. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you can go first. For best, this one was tough, but I was thinking like some old school, like Frank Sinatra, like singing those like classic Christmas songs, like White Christmas, Silver Bells. Um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Like those old Frank Sinatras really put me in like, I don't know, Christmas mood that has that kind of vibe to it. So that's definitely the best ones. But the worst is simply having a wonderful Christmas time by uh, Paul McCartney. I love the Beatles, but that's by far his worst song. It's horrible. Like the, uh, just it's it's just so repetitive and just the 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 beat is terrible. Like I I I can I don't understand why people like that song. It's so bad. I mean, yeah, I would agree. Like I love Christmas, but yeah, that's definitely not one of the best songs they have created before. But okay, so. I guess I agree with like the older type of music. Like some yeah. of those are like, just like, okay, that has to be a favorite. But if you know Andy Williams, yeah, um, like, it, it, like it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, that, that's I love great. that one. That's just like a classic. And then my least favorite. Mm, oh, the You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch by Tyler, the creator. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just, I just don't vibe with that one at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's I, I've never heard that song. So, but I don't, I don't plan on listening anytime. You soon. don't plan on it at all. Yeah, <laughs> no. But it's just I don't know. The reason why I hate that one is just because it's you hear it in the mall in the grocery store like all the time. So it's like you can't avoid it. So that's I just that's what makes it the worst. Because like when you try to avoid it, you can't. You really can't. Yeah, that's the worst. So, and then another thing about the holidays, just because it's Thanksgiving is coming up, but I think Christmas food is better than Thanksgiving food. I don't know. Am I crazy to think that? I like ham. I think we have like good breakfast food before on Christmas morning. I don't know. I personally think Christmas food is better than Thanksgiving food. That's my hot take. I would agree. I'm not that big of like a turkey fan, yeah. but like ham, yes. Mm-hmm. And like Every Christmas morning we have pancakes. I don't know what it is, but like I'm the biggest breakfast fanatic for food. Like I will Mm -hmm. eat it for dinner. Like literally I think I'm about to have like peanut butter toast with like bananas and syrup on it. Like I will eat it all the time. And we just always do like waffles and pancakes Christmas morning. And it's just the best. Yeah. So that's something that I don't think people, enough people talk about. It was like, oh, Thanksgiving food's great. I'm like, no, I I disagree Easter food might be even better than Thanksgiving, to be honest with you. So maybe I'm going too far, but that's yeah, I feel point. like that might be a little too far, but yeah. I mean, not too far off. Maybe 4th of July too. I love the good barbecue in the summer. So I'm just saying like, there's other You're just food. saying like Thanksgiving's dead last, I guess. <laughs> no, it's not. It's better than Halloween. I'm not a big fan. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Maybe you yes. are. I don't know. I think it's- No, I'd agree. Because just because like, it's your, if you're not a kid, you don't, you can't really do anything. It's just like another day. It yeah, it honestly is. I mean, this year I went back home just to like give the food to the trick or treaters, but I was a little disappointed with this year's um, kids' costumes. Yeah, like come on. Yeah, could be better. 
Yeah, and then Valentine's Day sometimes can not be fun as well. So, but I don't, I don't need to get into that. But that people know. We don't need about. to get into that one. <laughs> so, but let's try to transition back to hockey questions. So, my first question um, to you, hockey wise, what advice would you give like younger players who are trying to pursue a D one college hockey career? Mm, good question. Um, I would just say like always be that player who is on the ice that one minute longer to like get a couple more stick handles in or to get a few more shots in like that just will go a long way. Also like never give up. Um, Consistency is definitely key. And if you think you are good, just know you could be better. Never be satisfied with where you're at. And like, there's just always, always, always room for improvement. Like Patrick Kane, obviously he is amazing, but he's always looking for rooms for improvement or else he won't stay like one of the best players in the world. Like you just always can never be satisfied with where you are at. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I think that's what separates the great players from just the average players. Mm -hmm. Now, next question is kind of similar to the one I just asked, but what should be done to help grow women's hockey? I think in the Olympic year, it's easier to grow it. But like, I think another thing is just like during non-Olympic years, um, when it's just not being as televised as it usually is, like, how do you help grow the sport? How do you help promote women's college hockey? And just um, how, what, what would you do if you were in that position to do it? Yeah, I feel like the promotion and advertisement aspect of women's hockey is definitely way more slacking compared to like men's and boys youth hockey. So like at Eastridge, we had, so we're the Eastridge Raptors and we had this um, once a year of skating with the Raptors where the youth girls like would love it and like come skate with us and realize, oh, I want to play high school. Like, oh my gosh, that was so fun. So like just doing those youth camps, those little youth stuff. And like the youth girls loved it and we made sure they had fun too. So like we also had them out to like our home games and would escort them through like the locker rooms and answer any questions that they had. And so like just having that, like, those youth realizing, oh, this game is super fun. Like all these older people are still having fun with the game. Like we just need to advertise that more and more because I know like Eastridge did that, but did any other high school places do that? Like did did any other high schools do it? Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like we need to do better with like getting the word out of how fun the game actually is for these youth. Yeah, I I know Adina did it. I don't know, I'm not sure about other schools, but yeah, no, I think that's important because if kids see it, they can believe it. That's I know that's kind of a cliche saying, but it's really true. So mm-hmm. I totally agree with you on that. And kind of going off that next question, but um, obviously an announcement that happened last, a couple of weeks ago was the women's tournament in college hockey is expanded to 11 teams. I thought that there was like a huge social media campaign with the players of D1 and teams to kind of get that expansion happening. So what's your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, we, a couple of weeks ago, were trying to get that expansion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like you see the income that the men's like get and then women's is just a huge drop off, but that's because we are at disadvantages with how many teams can go like to the, you know, all these championships. And so we're at a disadvantage for so many things. So I just think, we need to have the chance to be able to make like the same income as them. And that was like one of the issues a few weeks ago that we were trying to address. So I just think, Mm -hmm. I don't know, we just need to get the word out more. Yeah, absolutely. And it also gives teams like, I think um, 
teams that wouldn't normally make the tournament an opportunity to make the tournament. So I think that helps grow just because different areas get to see their um, local women's college hockey team play in a big stage like that. I think that definitely helps the sport grow. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Now, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give to any of your teammates um, before this interview ends? Um, We talked, we mentioned some names, but if there's anyone we didn't mention, feel free to shout them out now or family members maybe as well. I mean, I, definitely would say my biggest shout outs would be my parents just because like I wouldn't be as successful as I am without them like putting all this time effort money into the game and like all these countless hours they have spent driving me to the rink and countless money that they have spent for my gear and like all my equipment that I've been using all these years like it's it is not a cheap sport so I just definitely give the biggest shout out to my parents yeah hockey parents are the best parents especially because the ice times are sometimes um in weird hours and then you know my parents work so they were driving home from work then driving me to practice like it's pretty when you think about it look back on it like I'm forever grateful for what my parents did and I know you're feeling the same way as well yeah no looking back like going to all these places even flying to like Boston and all these places Mm -hmm. or for recruiting flying all these places to see just a campus like they're putting all this money in for me just to see this like I don't know it's just insane what they've done for me and I will forever be grateful yeah do you like is it weird because like when you're younger you don't really notice it but as you've gotten older you've kind of realized like what they've been doing for you is that kind of cool to like realize as well yeah no definitely as a kid I did not realize like how cool they were like sometimes I'd get mad if like I wasn't in the mood to go to practice I'd be blaming it on my parents or they're probably not in the mood to drive me there but Mm -hmm. now looking back at it I'm like wow like they did this every single day for like countless hours like it's just insane yeah so hockey parents are the best parents I think that's a good way to end it off right beautiful way to end it awesome well if there's anything you want to plug in feel free to plug in or anything you want to say to St. Thomas players or fans that are listening. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking, if you're talking to St. Thomas, whether you're for the men's team or women's team, I a hundred percent recommend it. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the coaching staffs on the men's side and women's side is absolutely incredible. And it's just, it's a time to be there. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a good uh, vibe. That's a, yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Fiona, for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you and look forward to working with um, you and the rest of your teammates um, as the season progresses. And I wish you nothing but the best. Yes. Thank you so much. Wish nothing for the best for you too. (laughs) Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it. And it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye. I can't believe someone like me.